Gleaning. How's that for the first word of a radio program? Gleaning is perhaps not something you often think of outside of biblical references, but I have a story about actually doing some gleaning. I'll tell you about it coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. I am Patrick Conley, your host. Thanks for joining us on Relevant Radio, relevantradio.com, and the Relevant Radio app. In today's scriptural reading from the Office of Readings, we hear a passage from Leviticus that talks about the way Israel is to conduct right relationships with others. And included in that passage are these instructions. It says, When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not be so thorough that you reap the field to its very edge nor shall you glean the stray ears of grain. Likewise, you shall not pick your vineyard bare, nor gather up the grapes that have fallen. These things you shall leave for the poor and the alien. I, the Lord, am your God. Now, I live in a rural area of Wisconsin, um, which has its share of of poverty, but uh, my wife and I, thanks be to God, would not count amongst those members. But we keep a few chickens and a few ducks, and we notice that when harvest time comes, after the farmers had passed through their fields with their big harvesters, you could see a good number of leftover partial ears of corn in many of the cornfields. So we called up the farmers we knew and asked if we could go pick them up for our chickens and our ducks. And before we knew it, we were out there gleaning. We were actually doing some gleaning. It's a fun way to spend a weekend afternoon for us. But for ancient Israel, gleaning was a matter of life and death, not just for chickens and ducks, but for people. Today's reading pressed in on me the depth of God's concern for the poor, the marginalized, and the overlooked, which is, of course, wholly appropriate for this holy season of Lent. That's why today here on The Inner Life, we're talking about how we can follow the Lord's commands and his guidance in practicing charity, or that is, love for the poor. Guiding us in our discussion is our spiritual director today, Father Peter Arminio, who is a priest of Opus Dei and a widely sought speaker in his ministry of preaching retreats and days of reconciliation. Father Arminio, welcome. Good to be with you. Great to be with you, Pat. Uh, welcome. This is our, our first time together. Yeah, I believe it is. I'm glad to share the hour ahead with you, especially around such an important topic as as charity for the poor. And maybe we'll start with, Father, give us an idea about why charity for the poor, love for the poor, is so central to the heart of God. Well, because the definition of God uh, helps to know those Greek words for love. There's four, maybe there's a lot, there's more, but I'll cut to the chase. I mean, eros is, I like pizza. I like a sunny day. I like uh, weather in Florida uh, when I, in January, on and on and on. But agape, agape is the definition John the Evangelist gives. And agape basically means a self-giving love, a love that wants to do good, a love that wants to impart happiness on others. And Jesus is the incarnation. He's the visible translation of that agape and he's all about self-gift. Uh, and the bulk of the gospel, I mean, there's so many facets, but in, from one perspective, the bulk of the gospel is to impart good on the sick, on the suffering, on the poor, 
today's gospel would be a good example. Uh, deal with the beggar who will go down in history as models for prayer and humility. Uh, that's number one. And Jesus is the the model. Uh, we become our best self to the degree that we imitate him. And we notice at Christmas uh, he's surrounded with pretty dire poverty. He doesn't have a place to be born. Uh, on the cross, he's stripped of his garments, and he has nothing, literally nothing. Nobody, everybody's abandoned him. Uh, he's been a failure, obviously not literally, uh, ostensibly bereft of friends, bereft of support, bereft of clothing, uh, bereft of pleasure, and he's hanging on the cross. Yeah. He worked as a carpenter. Uh, even the presentation when Mary and Joseph present Jesus, it, they couldn't present the lamb because they couldn't afford it. So they presented a couple of pigeons. So we know where he stands with regard to the poor. God himself was poor. Mm-hmm. And a, a great reminder that is, especially during the season of Lent. But really, that's a Lenten practice that's meant to pervade the whole of our spiritual lives, the whole of our faith. But it occurs to me, Father, that um, that oftentimes in this world today, um, you can go fairly easily without encountering much of poverty. I mean, we may see a person standing uh, at the stoplight with a sign, you know, or something like that. But beyond that, you could pretty easily conduct your life so as not to encounter the poor. So is that maybe a good place to start, is to seek out ways of encountering the poor? Oh, absolutely. And um, and there's more poor, poor people than we may uh, consider. You know, we may live in a suburban na- neighborhood, you know, m- middle class. Right. Uh, there's nobody naked, there's nobody starving, or for that matter, I drive often through a very rough area of Chicago, and obviously they're not millionaires in that, that, those areas, but I wouldn't say that they, they are destitute like people in Latin America. I've been in Mexico mm-hmm. where you know, you've got pretty severe poverty, and I'm sure Venezuela, Colombia, Peru, you, know, you have those... Um, Shanty towns—that's uh, that's, that's uh, a very severe poverty. We don't have—I mean, uh, don't get me wrong—we don't have that kind of rampant poverty in this country. Um, I run into a lot of homeless people. I've, you know, he has a lot to offer me because he's a humble and a spiritual man. But he's at the cross. He's at the intersection in my neighborhood, and I've gotten to know him a little bit. He he, he calls me by name. We pray for each other. I give him, I give him money. Um, well, I won't break. He won't. It won't break the bank, but I give him something. Um, but so th- that's uh, that's the scenario here. With that being said, uh, what can one do? Uh, I I know a youth group, you know, connected with Opus Dei, um, and they go once a month. They collect some money. And they visit the homeless in uh, downtown Chicago, uh, and they don't just throw them a bone. They hang out with them, they chat with them, they get to know them. The homeless people get to know these young men, and they give them obviously they give them money or give, they give them sandwiches, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are things we can do, and maybe even closer to home, we may not know someone who's destitute, but perhaps an a, 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 an aunt of. Uh, a family member is suffering from an illness, perhaps even a terminal illness, 
or they're in the hospital or they're lo- or we know elderly people who are alone. There's nursing homes. Sometimes you have to jump through hoops to hang out with them because of all these, you know, because of, we're post-COVID and security. But, you know, we, we try to do that as well, uh, to visit nursing homes and just to be with those people, chat with those people. So there are things one can do. Um, work in a soup kitchen. Um, some parishes have soup kitchens. There's Catholic charities. Sure. Uh, you could volunteer to do that. So these are corporal works of mercy, people who just need uh, food, they need attention, they need clothing, on and on and on. But I would say the problem here, and probably I'd have to, it's different in other countries, especially third world countries, is a moral poverty. You have some people who are materially poor, you know, a number of immigrants, they're working, uh, and they're working hard, and perhaps they're the second generation uh, finishes high school, goes to college, and they have a higher, a better quality of life. But I would say there's people who have, in, in monetarily terms, have a lot more than immigrants who may come here, but there's a moral poverty without mm-hmm. being judgmental. Mm-hmm. You know, the background is so dysfunctional. I see it every week, uh, at least, that these poor people who don't have jobs, uh, they have not had gotten any education or much formation, they're uh, taking drugs, they're in the, and, and they're healthy. I mean, physically they're healthy, they could work, and they need a lot of attention. To me, those are the poorest without neglecting the physically poor or the materially right. poor. Right. We're speaking today with our spiritual director, Father Peter Arminio, who is a priest of Opus Dei, and is talking about specifically charity towards the poor. How do we practice our almsgiving? How do we, how do we engage the poor as God engages the poor and in poverty and being in solidarity with them? Perhaps there was a time when you experienced need. Maybe it was a need of money or resources. Maybe it was a need of companionship. Maybe it was a need of shelter. And someone helped you. If that's been it's that if that's been your experience, we'd love to hear from you here in the inner life. As always, our number here is triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Again, eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. You can also send us an email, inner life at relevantradio.com. Well, Father, you bring up a great a great uh, understanding that poverty can extend beyond simply the material material poor, but you can also have a moral poverty. Uh, you can have a spiritual pro- poverty as well. And God is very concerned about all those levels of poverty, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, and one, a follower of Christ doesn't mean he's not allowed to make a decent salary. Or yeah. she, but we need to be poor in spirit, um, mm-hmm. because if we're not poor in spirit and we're attached to things and our heart is in material things, material pleasures, uh, keeping up with the Joneses, it's virtually impossible to focus on Christ. And if it's impossible to focus on Christ in a serious way, it's impossible to focus on the poor, whether that mm. person is materially poor or sick or in need of companionship or needs to be evangelized. Uh, that's not on our radar any, anymore. Golf is, uh, a <laughs> right. better car is, yeah. a vacation home is, but yeah. not that. Yeah. So uh, personal poverty, a matter of fact, that's probably the virtual first teaching of Jesus 
when he, you know, unveils his program in the Sermon of the Mount, uh, his first uh, perfection of the Mosaic law is, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. The kingdom mm-hmm. of God is nothing less than the life of Christ. So uh, we need to live personal poverty as well, which means detachment from material things. Uh, um, one of the readings in Lent by Leo the Great is, you know, those who have means should practice serious almsgiving. You know, it's up to them uh, who, who are the recipients of those almsgiving. In fact, almsgiving, giving what you have to those in need, really make Lent a source of, of, of effective grace. In fact, right. one father of the church, Peter Chrysologus in the 4th century, says that if, if you fast and you pray, but there's no mercy, which is you know, obviously a derivation of almsgiving, uh, it doesn't work. Hmm. The, the, machine, the, the machine doesn't go on. Right. And so um, this almsgiving, Leo the Great says, well, if you have means, you give it away. But that doesn't dispense people who don't have means to give a lot of alms because they have to find ways of showing kindness and affection and service to others. And so everyone is involved with this uh, living of poverty, whether one has means to give away or one does not. Uh, one always has to give their heart, a piece of their heart to other people. And right. stealing that from Leo the Great. Yeah, no, that you're, you're, I think you're entitled <laughs> to steal that from Leo <laughs> the Great. I think that's great. And it does, I mean, it does, you mentioned Jesus, uh, his first perfection in the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit. I'm, I'm thinking of other things. That, I mean, there's fair warning out there too, right? That the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil and that you cannot exactly. serve both God and mammon, that there is, uh, there's something we need to be very aware of, conscious of, and actively acting against as well. Can you think of other scriptures that come to mind, Old or New Testament, Father, that would continue to reveal this heart of God for the poor? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Matthew 25. Sure. Where uh, when Jesus goes to that whole litany, when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was sick, you visited me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you visited me as well. Um, and Jesus says, if you did it for the least of my brethren, you've done it for me. I mean, that's a very powerful passage. My personal theory, uh, I didn't uh, take this from the fathers of the church or scripture scholars. I think because Matthew uh, was rich, uh, he was a rich tax collector, which meant he was pretty sinful, at least before his conversion. And maybe he had doubts about himself. And, uh, you know, given his past track record, um, those were despicable characters in the eyes of the Jewish people because they were traitors and they extorted money from their own people to give to the Romans and skim off the top themselves. Mm-hmm. And so my, my speculation is that uh, because he's the only one who records that, you know, that's a huge uh, piece of revelation that has left unrecorded by the other evangelists. Mm-hmm. And my little theory is that Jesus was telling Matthew, do not lose hope. Uh, what I really look for in everybody is what they've done for those in need. You will be judged by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Matthew picks it up. I mean, it made such an impression. I'm not, everything's inspired, obviously, but God uses these human instruments. Uh, he was so struck by those words that he recorded it. Uh, the oh. others didn't. So I yeah. think that's one one area, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and then his great... praise for, you know, the woman with the might, you know, with the penny. And he says, right. you know, that woman yeah. there, she gave everything she had, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last Sunday, the beggar was uh, becomes the star of the show. And it'll be right. the star of the show until the end of time. Right. So Yeah, it's it's all over there. It's littered throughout the uh, the Old and the New Testament. And I think one of the things that it seems to underscore for me is that uh, we might here in this life see a tremendous gulf between those who are, you know, the, the richest of the rich, but even those who, like you said, maybe middle class and, and yes. relatively untouched by poverty. We might see this gulf between that and then those that we that we do see as lacking appropriate food and shelter and clothing and that sort of thing. But uh, but in the eyes of God, <laughs> we all need to recognize our poverty, right? I mean, absolutely, our, absolutely. Yeah, our definitive need for Him. We're speaking with our spiritual director, Father Peter Arminio, about uh, the charity that we are to have toward the poor and how we are to bring God's love for the poor. Uh, to them and to those who are, to us all, who are poor and, and encountering poverty. If you have time, have, a, have had a time where you have been in a situation of poverty, whether it be of money, of companionship, of, of moral poverty, of spiritual poverty, and you'd like to share that story and encourage us all, please give us a call, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, or you can send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be back before long with more of the inner life and charity to the poor. Stay with us. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center, helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at relevantradio.com slash Gregory. That's relevantradio.com slash Gregory. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. We're talking today about charity towards the poor with our spiritual director, Father Peter Arminio, whose recent book, most recent book is Highlights of the Catholic Faith. So check that out as well. And uh, Father, we've had a phone call come in. Let's take a phone call okay. from Jenny, who's calling from Port Washington, Wisconsin. Jenny, welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um. I just wanted to briefly share my story. Um, so I'm, um, you know, in my late 20s and in my early 20s, I had really been battling with my mental health and um, some substance use and addiction and um, found myself, you know, out of a job and just kind of broken. All I all I had was Jesus, even though I wasn't, you know, living the way he wanted me to live. I just kind of felt stuck in the trap of sin and um, a, a woman from church really like, took me under her wing and um, kind of like father was, was saying about like the poorest of the poor. I, I just really felt like I had lost everything and she gave me hope just by her love and her care for me. Um, she ended up taking me to find an apartment and paying my rent for about a year um, while I went through, you know, treatment and things. And um now I'm married and we just bought our first house and we have a six month old baby and you know God is so good and there was times where I just felt like you know so broken and alone and um, I just want to encourage you know anybody that's struggling with addiction or just battling you know depression that it does get better and um, you know God works all things out for good for those who love him 
And um, the one thing that was really helpful for me was to continue going to reconciliation, like every time that I had a fall, because so much grace was given to me, like through that sacrament and the strength to overcome. Um, and so, yeah, just the sacraments was, was everything and the mercy that Father gave me was the greatest gift too. So, um, yeah, that's basically all I wanted to say. Jenny, what you said, I'll, I'll use that t, uh, the, the young person's term in a literal sense, awesome. Um, you have a lot of authority. Uh, you've been, you know what it's like to be bereft of the normal comforts of life. Uh, and you know what it's like to have the riches of Jesus Christ through the sacraments, through his mother. And now you're a married woman with a child. Uh, you have a lot. Uh, the Lord expects a lot from you. Uh, your witness, your wisdom, and being a young woman. So I just encourage you to keep up the good work, and, and thank you for the call. You've helped a lot of people more than you could realize. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Jenny. Great testimony, great inspiring uh, words from you for for all of our listeners, for me as well, and I'm, I'm grateful that you called in. So if you'd like to join us with another story of how you have experienced the aid of others in your own poverty, be it material poverty, spiritual poverty, moral poverty, Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And, you know, it really is, Father, it seems like we are we are placed in this position of being able to convey the love and the care of God and actually the, the reconciling nature of that in the relationships that we have that can then steer a person back to the sacramental life, so as Jenny said, uh, the sacrament of, of reconciliation, the sacrament of, of confession, and then rejoining you know, in full the life of the church. But oftentimes, I know, especially when it comes to uh, material resources, we can kind of look at those things as our own. Like, you know, I worked. This is my money that I earned. So what does God or the church or anybody have any business telling me what I need to do with that? Well, how would you respond to something like that? Well, yes, uh, I earned that, uh, I made that money, that money is mine, but only in a relative sense, because there is, uh, it comes from the book of Genesis, that uh, the goods of this world are for everybody. Uh, it doesn't mean that uh, we're not expected to work and earn our keep, but by the virtue of being a son of God, a daughter of God, uh, you have certain rights because of your human dignity uh, to lead a dignified life. I'm not saying you have to live in a palace or drive, you know, a Ferrari, mm -hmm. but everyone has the right to dignity. And so um, not everybody has the same amount of gifts, uh, talents, uh, intelligence, uh, drive, energy. And those who have more should give more. Um, and when we give... We get a lot more in return. Jesus uses the number a hundredfold. And uh, if we have been blessed with riches and a high salary and a lot of wealth, and I know people who are poor in spirit, you know, they have uh, a good amount of money, but they are extremely generous in giving it away. Mm -hmm. And that is, uh, so it is, have, making money is compatible with uh, being poor in spirit and imitating Jesus as long as we are generous uh, in almsgiving and that we're detached from money. Uh, it's not easy, but uh, we're, we're expected to 
uh, do what we can within our means to help those in need. And there's a lot more than maybe ostensibly uh, obvious to us. I mean, even uh, a teacher could do it, a doctor could do it. I know some doctors who spend a little time in third world countries and serve the poor, serve the indigent there using their medical skills, you know, working in really good hospitals themselves. Um, uh, people with means who are very generous in helping the church. Uh, so there, in fact, the catechism says one of the motives of working is to be able to support the poor as well. Right. You know, it's yeah. not a qu- so that's kind of interesting point the catechism makes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, so. and it, it's it's uh, it's equally convicting and uh, and encouraging. I think that uh, we are we are, we are given this opportunity to to pull in a salary, of course, to support to support ourselves, to support our families, but also to support those who are in need. I'm thinking of uh, well, Jesus himself saying, you know, if you have two tunics, then share share what you have with with another, and uh, that's if you have. I guess that's John the Baptist actually saying that if you have two tunics, if you have two, uh, if you have food, then share it with those who are hungry. So it's a it's a challenge, but it's a way of, of ourselves growing in godliness. And I think that's my my next question, Father, is that yes, yes. if we if we seek to if we don't practice that, what kind of spiritual damage are we doing to ourselves? I mean, what 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 direction are we headed in? Well, I it may seem. Uh, ostensibly counterintuitive, but I'm just thinking of the uh, rich young man uh, who was rich, that's what the gospel says, and he's young, so that's a certain blessing being young. You got the energy, you got uh, uh, a broad vision, you're excited about life, maybe you're in love with a girl, etc. And he's also rich in virtue, natural virtue, moral virtue. And um, Jesus said, well, you're not there yet, if you're going to be on my team, you've got to give all that you have to the poor and then come follow me. And the gospel says very simply, you know, he went away sad because he had many riches. Now, what does that exactly mean? Well, it means what it says. But if we're immersed, if we're attached to material things, material gratification, we turn inward. The human yeah. person is made to love and give himself, give herself, and, and right. make sacrifices for others. That, that's what brings the best out of ourselves. We are, at best, we're distracted uh, from God. At worst, God is totally irrelevant. We don't need him, you know, mm-hmm. because we have so much going for ourselves. And that is very harmful to the human person. Uh, he went away sad. He couldn't be happy. Why? Well, because he had too much. He was attached to material things because it never, that's why he, Jesus begins, only God is good. What does that mean? I mean, there's a lot of good things. So do you take it literally? You don't take it literally, but he's the only good that could fill us. And, sure. and in order to connect with God, we got to unload uh, what our possessions in order to help those in need. And that gives us a focus on loving people and loving God. So mm. I don't know. Those are just We're, a few simple, no, simple great. <laughs> no, I, I'm right there with you. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. How have you given? Is there a way that you have given of yourself? Maybe just during this Lenten season, you have practiced our, our practice of almsgiving, our Lenten discipline of almsgiving, and you have seen spiritual fruit in your life. You've been seen benefit on how you have 
grown more like God just in your giving of your own resources. Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149-888-914-9149. Well, Father, I mean, I think those are, are great words of advice, but let's let's talk about some of those other things that we can be um that we can be attached to, not just our material resources, but perhaps there's, uh, you know, there's a, a a sense of of power, a sense of authority, a, a sense of spiritual f- uh, that we're filled with our own spiritual capacity, or that we have. There's other ways in which we can see ourselves as rich um, that go just beyond the material uh, material richness or material poverty. So um, what are some of those dangers and how might we deal with those? Well, um, there's other attachments we could have, um, especially if we are materially comfortable. Um, I think it's a, a danger in or the culture we live in, and that is uh, time. That uh, in, our, in our own private time, we need it. I mean, there's, I, I'm all for, you know, decompressing and getting exercise and finding some time for ourselves in order to recharge our batteries. But, you know, we're in a very overly programmed society and we value uh, frenetic activity. We, we value uh, filling the schedule up to the max. Yeah. And, and if we don't, uh, we want to have time for ourselves. What does that mean? Well, part of living poverty is to be available for the needs of others. And that always means getting out of my own comfort zone. Um, yeah, I wouldn't m- mind watching some sports all afternoon, and maybe that's the thing to do. Maybe, but at times it isn't the thing to do. Right. I should get out and see a friend. I should make a phone call uh, to someone who just lost, a friend of mine who lost his job. Uh, somebody I haven't seen for a while, I want to get together with them. Uh, there's somebody who's in the hospital. Um, I could text them or her, or I could get in my car and waste, quote unquote, half the afternoon yeah. or the whole afternoon making that visit to the hospital. So there's a, I think that's another dimension of, of poverty, or we may uh, want not, we may not want to relinquish our authority. You know, someone may be hired or maybe we are we're ready to retire or someone gets is promoted over us uh that could be another uh way of living poverty or we're just so used to dominating conversations we have a so-called big personality we have a lot of interesting things to say and i'm attached to having people listen to me well maybe i got to give that up and substitute that in listening to other people and relinquish my uh, my talent to be a good raconteur. Mm-hmm. So there's so many things. Or I, don't, I may not want to help somebody else because that kind of tinkers with my routine. I don't want to tinker with my routine. <laughs> so there's a lot of things we could, you know. You're uh, hitting pretty maybe close I'm making to home a pub- here, Father. Be careful. <laughs> no, no, I'm making, I think it's more me making a public, 
public confession. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just examining my conscience, that's all. Right. No, <laughs> I appreciate you doing that on live on air with us, Father. We're speaking with our spiritual director, Father Peter Arminio, a priest of Opus Dei, widely sought speaker in his ministry of preaching retreats and days of recollection. And I think we're understanding why, because uh, it's so great that you are able to... Uh, to lead us and guide us in our discussion of charity to the poor. And I think, Father, time is and routine are some of those things that, um, that is one of those things that would really get deeply into into my own, uh, into my own psyche, I suppose, and saying that I got to protect this, I got to guard it. But yet Jesus is still asking us to look outwards, to look to the needs of others and, uh, Great point, Father. Father, um, let's go back to that. Let's go back to the the time and that sort of thing. So um, maybe that there are disciplines that we can cultivate as even in these remaining weeks of Lent. Um, for instance, I mean, when it comes to the material poverty, I know that we are oftentimes, or what I've heard, one practice that some people take up is they give one thing, one thing away each day. Um, during the whole season of Lent. Uh, one thing, they, they donate it, they give it to someone who needs it and something like that. Is there a way perhaps we can factor in giving of our time into our schedule in kind of a disciplined way like that? I think so. Um, sometimes it can be very ordinary, but nevertheless, it's, uh, it'd be a, a vast improvement. Mm. I'd say talking, you know, husband comes back from work, uh, or he makes it a point to spend some time with his spouse and listen to her every day. Hmm. Yep. Start with 10 minutes, whatever it is. Um, all right, instead of being on the computer or watching a program, or watch a program, but make sure you're spending a little time with each child every day. Okay, I have hmm. to give, I'm giving up my time here. I'm giving up. Uh, some downtime where I maybe want to watch a, a documentary, I want to read a book. I'm not saying don't do that, but that's a fact. I'd rather have spend some time with somebody than the person, you know, just, you know, buying, you know, a cupcake for me or whatever it is, mm -hmm. or, uh, or a beer. Mm -hmm. Spending time with people, start with your own family uh, and, um, or make a, make a, maybe make a phone call in, periodically to someone you know a cousin a friend uh that kind of thing it can be very yeah. short i heard uh, you know the holy father does that uh, i got there's over a billion catholics so he doesn't do he can't do it with everybody obviously but i just you know i met an argentinian who was an old friend of the pope when they were both living in argentina and they both now live in rome and you know for his birthday the holy father's calling him up the holy father didn't get a hold of him and called him up again until he got a hold of him um, his, uh, I don't know, his mom took a bad fall and the Holy, and he just wrote a little something to the Pope's secretary that my mom took a fall, um, to say some prayers for her. Holy Father calls him up. And so I'm sure he had, you know, he had to, you know, push himself a little bit to do that unless, why? Well, I don't know who's busier than, than the Pope himself, yeah. but that kind of, that goes along, you score a lot of points with the Lord. And it's not going to make the headlines, but it is a very concrete and very effective way of giving alms, and alms in the form of your heart, your your your, your listening ear, your affection. Um, not it may seem easy. It it's not. We all it's not. we all know that. 
Right. No, it's not. I know it's not. <laughs> right. No, it's not. Right. And many of us may not be in the in the same position. You're going back to the the widow's mite, the widow who threw just two small coins into the offering, and Jesus commended her for that. Many of us may not be in that position of of uh, of giving out of our poverty with our material resources. Some may be certainly, but um, you know, when it comes to time. Yeah, sometimes we feel like we have very precious little time to give, so donating out of our poverty of time uh, may be a right. great way of honoring the Lenten season as well. Our spiritual director today is Father Peter Arminio talking about charity to the poor. When was a time that you gave out of your resources, again, be it materially, spiritually, uh, out of your resource of time for another person, and how did you see God honor that in your life? How did you see spiritual fruit come from that? Give us a call, 888-914-9149. Yeah, tell us a story, encourage and inspire, 888-914-9149. We're going to take another short break, but we'll be back with more of The Inner Life right after this. Looking for a new job? How about one that offers you opportunities for spiritual, social, and charitable growth? Our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is hiring new agents today. Visit relevantradio.com forester, an Illinois life insurance society, not available in all states. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley, and my thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Thomas Engeser, who's taking your phone calls. And our spiritual director today is Father Peter Arminio, priest of Opus Dei, and a speaker uh, at Preaching Retreats and Days of Recollection. Um, and yeah, also author. Yeah, thank you. We didn't we didn't mention that too often there, but uh, great grateful that you are an author as well, Father. Highlights of the Catholic Faith being your recent book. And uh, let's take another phone call here, Father. We've got Dennis, who's calling in from Plant City, Florida. Dennis, welcome to the Inner Life. Thanks for calling. Quite welcome, sir. Hi, Dennis. Uh, my little thing was a. I have I keep umbrellas in my truck. And during rainy season down here in Florida, anybody I can see that's walking or, you know, to probably a homeless and things like that, I stick umbrellas out to them. I just give everybody umbrellas during that time. That's my little contribution that I do. That's a great contribution. That's very, that's wonderful. And, I Dennis, if I, yeah, if I may ask, um, what, what have you seen in that, Dennis? How has that affected you as you've been doing this? Well... That's affecting me. It's just uh, something I need to do. That's all. My mom has always told me when there's something that has to be done, why not you? I love it. (laughs) So when things came up, I said, why not me? I'll just do it. Amen. Could we all just please have some of that spirit, Dennis? Thank you. Thank you for the phone Thank call. You, Thanks Dennis. for uh, it's it's a great it's a creative way. And that's another thing too, Father, is that there's a lot of creativity out there in how we can okay, exactly. how we can alms give, right? Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things you can do if you really put your mind to it. Uh, there's it's sometimes it's right in front of you. You yeah. know, it could be tutoring. We have an inner city center, mm-hmm. and we get a lot of. Young professional tutoring people. A lot of there's a lot of ways to skin a cat here. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> indeed. Yes, indeed. So, uh, yeah, and I'm I'm uh, I'm frequently moved by you know the the golden rule once again: do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It looks like Dennis was just taking a look at people getting wet in the rain and saying, you know what? I'd exactly. Like if I were getting wet in the rain, I'd like I would an like umbrella. An umbrella. Yeah, which I uh, forgot. Yes, I love exactly. it. That's great. Exactly. Now, Father, uh, um, I understand that you uh, once served as chaplain for the Chicago Bears. Is that correct? Yes, and I enjoyed it. Um, and it's uh, it's apropos to this topic, at least remotely. Um, I just observed for almost 20 years uh, the fast money these young men made. You know, you're talking about, you know, a low salary would be $600,000 a year to play the yeah. bench. Uh, they would have a couple of houses. They would be driving Hummers. They would have... Uh, widescreen TVs that would cost twenty thousand dollars, maybe not much more now. Um, fancy restaurants where they would drop a thousand dollars, you know, to treat their friends, etc. A lot of beautiful women uh, would flock around them. So I would say, in a very material way, they were rich. And if they weren't careful, and it's easy not to be careful. Uh, I had a lot more than they did. I was so grateful for my vocation as a priest uh, because it was kind of in my face. I'd be lying to you if I said, hey, they're all glum and, you know, down in the dumps. That's not true. You know, they're, they're guys, they're young kids. But I was happier, not because, you know, I'm better than those guys or anything, but because, all right, my vocation, it's about, you know, serving the needs of others and uh and not having much you know if you want to be a millionaire you don't become a priest okay um and so i felt much i felt more fulfilled than they did and i was very grateful that the lord did not give me gifts or physical size to be an nfl player because i felt <laughs> i felt <laughs> i felt listen i i I'm, I'm the one who hit the jackpot you know you need a little bit of faith for that but i feel that i hit the jackpot yeah. Uh, so for whatever it's worth, I just know that that's not the way to be fulfilled. And even Dennis, when he called, he just did it. But that attitude has made him, you know, a beautiful person, a real Christian witness. Uh, one personally doesn't feel a thing, but there is transformation when you do that. You know, yeah. No question about it. Yeah. And I'm hearing, too, as you're saying that, Father, you hit the jackpot even amidst all these, you know, young, healthy um sizable gentlemen who are playing for the Bears exactly. at that time. But exactly. uh, it seems to me that that just automatically uh, lends to this idea that actually gratitude begets generosity, right? When we're when we're grateful for what we've been given, absolutely. that's got to absolutely. spur us on to, to love and absolutely. good works, right? Absolutely. In fact, you know, virtually everyone, you know, and some of these players were you know, very good Christians and they would, they would uh, give... Uh, give away their possessions, give away some of the money. And they would always say, I got to give back. Mm. And, uh, and they're, all, they're grateful for God, to God. Um, gratitude is a, a very important part of this because you realize, listen, I'm not more entitled to riches or talents or gifts or good circumstances or opportunities than the other person. And so I'm very grateful. And because I've been given a lot, I'm going to give a lot as much as I can to those who in need. And I gain from that too. The recipient gains as well. So 
it's a win-win. Yeah, it certainly is. And that's a good follow-up too, is that oftentimes we do experience that sort of joy when we're, when we're giving as the Lord has asked us, as the Lord has directed us to give. But we got to be careful too not to venture into realms of pride because I think humility is pretty, uh, it's a factor in all of our giving as well, isn't it, Father? Yes, because uh, I, it's, it's all so hard to get it totally right, but I may give to the poor or give to the homeless person so I feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. I'm always nervous when you see famous people in the newspaper who uh, gave away turkeys on Thanksgiving. Listen, don't get me wrong. It's a very good thing. And if they put you in the newspaper, so be it. Mm-hmm. But I can't help but think, okay, now everybody sees that I am a generous person. And there's a lot of this going back to the NFL. There were certain people who forbade any press coverage of their good deeds precisely because they did not want personally to do this just to feel good about themselves and utilize these people in need uh, to shine uh, regarding their generosity and their magnanimity. So, yes, you're right. It has to be done for the right reason. Yeah, Um, good. So... Good move there. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, squeeze in another phone call. We've got Maria who's calling in from Newburgh, Oregon. Maria, thank you. Just got a couple minutes left, but uh, yeah, thank you for calling into the inner life. Yeah, so um, I just I just took on uh, praying for those that are like spiritually, you know, dead um, in my family, and you know, of course, like my coworkers and everybody. Just you know, people in my family that don't even really talk to me or you know, like me necessarily. I just took on praying for them. I've been praying Acts 26 for them. And I just, I kind of starting to see the fruits of, of that. And, you know, a little bit halfway over, you know, Lent season. So, you know, that's, that's all you can do sometimes if you don't have anything else to give, give prayers. I and, that, guess. and that's a, that's a lot, Maria, that's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Prayers very, mm-hmm. very powerful. Yes. Yes. I have people in my family that are like, so like anti like they're very secular very worldly so i just acts 26 has just been such a great um verse to pray over them yes wonderful yeah it's yeah. A, include me on your list <laughs> okay <laughs> thank you so much you um both you have you know a wonderful rest of your day and god bless thank Likewise. you maria thank you god yeah. bless yeah, yeah, that's very good. I, I love it. You, well, I you haven't been particularly difficult this hour, Father, so we're grateful for that. <laughs> but, no, it's a great idea. I mean, th- to think about those who are difficult, I, I'm imagining St. Therese of Lisieux, right, who prayed for the sister who was most got under her, her skin, right? right? And right. it's a great thing right. to do. Um, a great way to give uh, in, in this season of Lent and in almsgiving and in looking after those who are impoverished. Yes, yes. Uh, you just, I know we're out of time, but I, I, matter of fact, I saw a, a little a copy I made of a little anecdote of St. Therese praying for this, he and this criminal who was about to be guillotined and rejected any overture of a Catholic mm-hmm. priest last minute because she read about it in the paper coming on, while she was on a train, prayed for this guy, and last minute he grabs the priest's crucifix, kisses it, and is executed. And right. so she realized then and there her prayers had an effect on him. So yeah. anyway. 
Right. No, it's a it's a great story. And of course, we have other stories of saints. St. Maria Goretti pops to mind, you know. Um, Same thing. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That big way. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So looking at and recognizing the uh, the poverty of others is, is uh, I guess that's where we started. That's that's a great place to start to recognize the material poverty. Yes, but also the spiritual poverty that can exist out there and following the examples of our Lord primarily, but also of the saints as we are yes. being generous and charitable during this Lenten season and beyond to look a little bit farther to uh, to the the whole of our spiritual lives. Well, Father Peter Arminio, it's been great having you on as our spiritual director today. Pat, to great, talk about... see, great being with you. Yeah, thank you. But uh, before we let you go, Father, we would love it if you could give us a blessing for all oh, of us sure. who are partaking in this hour. Most merciful Father, thank you for sending your Son who though he was rich, became poor, so that we would become rich in a spiritual way. Bless all of you for this remainder of Lent. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank Father you. Pe yeah, Father Peter, thank you so much for joining us on The Inner Life. We'll have you back on the show. It's been a pleasure to, to share Look this time with it. you this time. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's very good. Thank you for joining us here on The Inner Life as we've been speaking about charity to the poor. Um, tomorrow on The Inner Life, we're going to be talking about the one thing that can deliver happiness, which is doing the will of God, but not always very straightforward or easy. Our spiritual director will give us some tips on how we recognize the will of God and how we carry it out in our everyday lives. So please join us tomorrow at 11 Central right here on Relevant Radio, relevantradio.com and the app. Until then, grace and peace. Thank you.